Wow, wow, oh freaking wow, what a Monday in the world of sports and the world of professional wrestling. First of all, huge shout out to my boy Drew Breezes Jesus. The homie did it. All-time passing meter. He deserved it. And what a way to get it to a touchdown. Jesus Christ. That was great. Um also quick thing, the Yankees got blown up by the Red Sox, 16 to 1 in Yankee Stadium. The Boston Red Sox. You know Yankee fans aren't happy. But then again, I'm a Mets fan, so <laughs> as much as I want to see the Yankees win, it's nice to see them get brought down the size, you know? So, yay! But other than that, what is good, what is good, what is going on? It's your boy, the Double A King, and I am back, ladies and gentlemen, to review Monday Night Raw. And I said it was going to be a big night, and it was a big night. Oh my God, there's so much to review. This is going to go further than an hour, I already know it. I am literally recording this. At around midnight, so um, let's see how this goes. Let's do this. Let's get into the first segment. Let's go. Alright, let's kick things off with the absolute fuckery that was Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Okay, so this is just me, but I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how old these guys get. I will never not get goosebumps. When Shawn Michaels and Triple H are in the same ring at the same time. I had hella goosebumps when I saw them in the same ring as the Brothers of Destruction. Because as, as hot as this may be, they've never faced each other. Shawn and Hunter never faced Kane and The Undertaker. Not once. Like, yeah, they did have some... King did run in on, on DX when Undertaker was being attacked by them in 1998 during that feud with Shawn for the WWE Championship, so leading up to the Royal Rumble. Um, but other than that, there's never been an official match. I, I, I can't find it. If you can find it, then by all means, let me know. I mean, my Instagram is literally in there, so you can let me know, but it's like I've never seen it. And everyone is trashing it, but let's be honest. They're like, oh my gosh, Sean didn't want to do this. Let's be honest. Sean, Hunter, Kane, and Undertaker are at the point where they're just thinking to themselves, if we really want to do this, then who the fuck's going to stop us? If Sean decides to come out of retirement, then who the fuck is to tell, who the fuck is WWE to tell him you can't come back? Shawn Michaels is money. Taker is money. Kane is money. Triple H is money. Those four together, money. It, it's perfect. I mean, I don't see a problem with it. So we start off the night with Triple H and Shawn Michaels licking their wounds after Triple H won against Undertaker at Super Showdown. But then, I mean, Shawn Michaels got the living hell beaten out of them by Kane and the Undertaker. And then... One of the funniest things about this was respect. Respect kept being repeated. And Triple H made a great analogy. Like, something that I feel kind of correlates with a lot of people's lives nowadays. I'm not saying it correlates with my listeners' lives. I'm just saying it's like, it correlates with my life, actually. You're like, you try so hard to climb to the top of the mountain, but then you get to that top and you realize the mountain may have been just all a big fat lie. Like, Sean said how he res- only did not come back to in-ring competition because of the respect he had for Taker. But apparently, after the attack, 
all that respect just went away. So now DX has been reformed. They are coming back. So it's Bald DX versus Kane and Undertaker at Soup at not Super Showdown. Fuck at WWE Crown Jewel. And all I can say is, just shut up and take my fucking money, because if fucking Super Showdown was any indication, Taker and Triple H can still have a great match. I mean, they have, they did better than most people expected. It's like, everyone expected them to be a boring, slow slugfest, kind of like what Roman Reigns and Taker had at 33. But it was actually pretty good. Those two guys have great chemistry in the ring, and with Kane and Shawn Michaels outside, it actually figured pretty well. So imagine what it's like as a tag team match. Oh, my God. That shit's going to be fucking awesome. And the new t-shirts the DX has, I want them, please. I want them now. Please give them to me. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. I want them so badly, yo. Like, damn, they are so cool. So it's like, um... DX is back versus Brother to Destruction. And all I can say is that shit's going to be fucking amazing. I cannot wait. <laughs> it begs the question, though, to me, be honest, like, who the fuck is who the fuck is holding down the fort for Mayor Kane when he's not in W when he's not in Knoxville, when he's not in Knox County? Like, who the fuck is holding down the fort? Yo, it's it's insane, man. But all in all, I just can't wait for crown jewel because that match I as crazy as I am gonna say this that match is gonna steal the show I can't wait so we go from DX reforming and that monumental news to something slow to get the fans you know we ease them in so to speak we get Bobby Lashley with his hype man Leo Rush which I thought was an amazing idea and I still do think it's an amazing idea and they're going toe to toe against Kevin Owens now, I don't know who the fuck did this shit. For some fucking reason, they gave Leo Rush a fucking mic. And I am not going to lie. I literally changed the channel twice to Monday Night Football to see Drew Brees get his break the all-time passing record just so I didn't have to hear Leo Rush's voice because that shit was fucking annoying. But I guess that's the point. And then when I finally changed back to it, it was like commercial and then the match came back and Leo Rush is complaining, complaining. I'm just sitting here like, what the fuck? But something I noticed, Bobby Lashley was fighting different. He was fighting more ruthless, more aggressively, you know? It's like he had a he had a beef about it. And then after the match was over, he attacked Kevin Owens and then literally almost broke the man's legs. And hitting them to the turn, hitting them into the turnbuckles, and I'm just sitting here like, oh shit, oh god, we got a problem. <laughs> Bobby Lashley's heel, and now he has a manager, and I think now we got a legitimate threat for the Universal Championship. Whomever wins it at Crown Jewel, whether it's Roman, whether it's whether it's Roman, whether it's Braun, or whether it's Brock, I think Bobby Lashley should be next in line. I mean, whomever wins it, if it's Roman, then Bobby should be next in line. Because Braun, if you don't have give Braun the belt, then it's completely wasting it. Brock Lesnar should be nowhere near the fucking belt. Go to fucking UFC where Conor McGregor's getting his ass kicked. 
Go to UFC where the motherfuckers are chopping over cages and beating up fans. I mean, I think you'll sue very well in that shit. Go to UFC. No one gives a fuck about you. The only person we think about is Paul Heyman. And even we don't want him at times. But it's like, if they don't give the belt to Brock, I'm going to be pissed. Not Brock. Fuck. If they don't give the belt to Braun, I'm going to be pissed. If they get the belt to Brock, I'm going to be pissed. If they keep the belt on Roman, I'm not going to mind as much. Only if Dean... Only if he turns on the shield. Only if. That's it. But, um... Bobby Lashley's officially healed. Kevin Owens may be out for a while. He may return as a face. They better not make him like a full-blown, crowd-pleasing babyface. They should just make him a tweener like they did with Eddie Guerrero. Like, he acts the same way he usually does, but the fans respond to him more, you know? So, it's like, it's, I just don't think a face Kevin Owens will work. I think Kevin Owens should be a tweener or just a heel, but heel Bobby Lashley, that's where the money is. I can't wait to see how this goes. And Leo Rush being the annoying fucking mouthpiece that he is, is just perfect. It's perfect. It's just perfect. Okay, Raw's getting off to a great start. What's next? I'm not even going to touch on this for long. But the Bellas are heel. Yay. Who gives a fuck? I mean, they're giving Ronda a match against the Bella Twins. Well, against Nikki Bella at Evolution. That's good. That's great. All for it, I guess. I mean, who cares? My thing is, I'm only gonna touch on this for like a minute because I got more shit to cover. I got more shit to cover. But who in the fuck is booking this shit with the Bellas, yo? Who in the fuck greenlit their push? If they're botching as much as they have, and literally knocked out Liv Morgan last week. Or two weeks ago. I don't remember which one it was. Then why the hell are they giving them a push? I don't get it, yo. But, you know, I guess they make money, so it makes sense. But they're just going to get butt-raped by Ronda Rousey at Evolution. It's going to be hilarious, but I would be seriously pissed. Again, as much as I would be pissed about Brock Lesnar being Universal Champion again, I'd be even more pissed if I find out that Nikki Bella's Women's Champion. Because that's some bullshit. No. No, no, no. I don't want it. Get away from my TV. I'm going to cover these two bullshit endings. Or not even two bullshit endings. Two things that I took a piss break on. Finn Balor and Bailey versus Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox. Hey, guys. Remember when Jinder Mahal was WWE champion? And Finn Balor was Universal Champion? Well, at least with Finn Balor, they're giving him somewhat of a decent look. Like, somewhat of a look like, hey, if he was put in a Universal Championship match right now, he can actually be a dominant threat. Instead, Jinder's a fucking joke again. I mean, come the fuck on. I'm gonna say this again. Remember when he was WWE fucking champion? Literally last year. 
around this time, we was trying to figure out whether Shinsuke Nakamura can recover off his first ever main, main event, main roster loss at SummerSlam in a WWE title match to Jinder Mahal. We was wondering if Shinsuke can finally beat Jinder Mahal. We was wondering if AJ Styles can even be a threat to Jinder Mahal. Okay, I don't know that much about that one, but the way Jinder was going, Jinder was looking strong as hell to look like he was going to be champion until WrestleMania. That's the point I was trying to make. We was wondering whether or not there was some people who legitimately thought that WWE will find some way to have Brock Lesnar lose. Brock fucking Lesnar lose at Survivor Series to Jinder Mahal. And now he's a fucking joke saying, Shanti, Shanti, who gives a fuck? I don't. I'm pissed. I'm not pissed. Like... The move to Raw made no sense. I'm pissed at that. I mean, if you're going to give the championship to Jeff Hardy, I get it. I would understand that. Just bring him to Raw. Just bring him to SmackDown. The way they should have done the Superstar Shake-Up was have, I don't know, have Bobby Roode come over. Yeah, that worked. Baron Corbin come over. Mojo, yeah, that worked too. But instead of gender... Nobody. Right? Just that it. Nobody. Like, that's it. You don't mean... Like... You could have brought in fucking... Like... Damn, I can't even think of anybody that was good enough at that point. You could have brought Randy Orton over. Then again... Nah. Randy Orton should have stayed on SmackDown. He deserves to be on SmackDown. Especially after the... Painful beating that he gave Jeff Hardy at Hell in a Cell. I'm still on that crap. Um... But... The way they should have done it was have Jinder come out on SmackDown during the Superstar Shake-Up, issue an open challenge for the title, have Jeff Hardy come out, beat, lose to him, and then Jeff becomes U.S. champion. And then Jinder fights back for the title. He does his own thing, and he stays in the mid-card, and he is actually a powerful heel that looks like he can legit threaten for the WWE Championship at any time. Shoot, he can have a rematch against AJ Styles down the line. He could have had a rematch against him at Crown Jewel if he wanted to. I mean, that's the way I thought he would have went. But no, WWE wanted to bring him to Raw. That's the trend that I see with certain superstars. SmackDown, they thrive. Raw, they sink. I, the only person that did not work for was John Cena. Cena went from SmackDown, thriving, to Raw, dominating WWE. Like, most stars... Most big stars thrive on the blue brand. I mean, the big, the, the main big stars like John Cena's, the, the Randy Orton's of the world, they can thrive on Raw. But the guys like Jinder and AJ Styles, they can use SmackDown as a launching pad and stay on top. I know I'm going on a rant here. All I'm saying is that I'm fucking pissed that Jinder Mahal is a fucking joke now. They lost to Bailey and Balor, boo fucking who, although the jacket that Bailey had was fucking awesome as hell, and the shirt she had was awesome as fuck, I want the shirt now, please, 
my boy Ryan wants a shirt too. <laughs> like I will give my I will get my bro Ryan a shirt just because it's Bailey and he loves Bailey. And then you had Baron Corbin telling Heath Slater that he can't be a part of the uh, World Cup. Oh yeah, there's a WWE World Cup with eight superstars, four from Raw, four from SmackDown. John Cena is in it because why the fuck not? And the winner of that will be determined to be the best in the world. Don't know what the fuck that means, but hey, boo fucking who? I love some tournaments, so I'm gonna let it happen. <laughs> but um, Corbin said he Slater can't be in it because he's not good enough, and then brought eight jobbers into the ring for some international battle royal, and for some freaking reason, there was a conquistador. Where have we seen this before? And then the Conquistador won, and it turned out to be Kurt Angle. So, hey, I mean, Kurt Angle's now in it. I mean, that helps. That works. I like it. And he stuck it to Baron Corbin, which I found funny, but, like, (laughs) oh, God. I just found that to be hilarious. I just found the whole thing to be absolutely hilarious. Okay, so now we're going into the women's division. We have Ember Moon facing off against Nia Jax. And the match was serviceable. Nia lost to Ember, and then they finally just shook their hands in the ring. Yay! Mega happy ending. Who gives a fuck? I mean, the match was good. Ember needed the win, and Nia, she needs to build herself back up. Hey, remember when Nia was Raw Women's Champion at Money in the Bank? Remember that? She was on top of the Raw Women's Division. And then one challenge to Ronda Rousey later... And she faded into obscurity. I don't get it. Nia deserves better. But then again, that's just me. That's just me. Then Trish Stratus came back. Again, the Renee curse continues. Not even the Renee curse. The Renee privilege. Because anytime Renee Young's on commentary, somebody returning. And Trish Stratus came back. Basically was denouncing Alexa Bliss. Alexa and Mickey James came out. And then... Mickey James and Alexa kept talking shit. Mickey, <laughs> this part made me laugh. Trish said, Trish was talking so much shit about how to get a Hall of Fame beating from her. And then Mickey was like, oh, I don't want to know how them Hall of Fame beatings feel. And then Trish came back saying, sister, we all know how them beatings feel. And it wasn't Trish. I'm sorry. It was Mickey. She was like, listen, I know all about being in the ring with you, especially in Chicago. I'm like, um, nobody, everyone was shocked, but like, they was all like shocked because they shut Chicago, but I'm the only one thinking, like, I'm going home thinking, oh shit, they're talking about the, they're talking about the vagina grab. <laughs> they're talking about the vagina grab. Oh shit. I remember that when I was a kid. I remember watching that and just looking at her like, Mom, why did she grab her? <laughs> I was so scared. I'm like, what is going on? She grabbed her She grabbed her pussy. <laughs> Can I say that on the shit? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just so done. Like, she said, remember what happened in Chicago? I'm like, oh, crap. The vagina grab. <sighs> And then she was like, let's make it a tag match at Evolution. Now, personally, I didn't think this was a good idea. 
it should have just remained a one-on-one match. But then, all of a sudden, out came Lita. Fucking Lita. She can still go. Lita's a fucking beast. She's like, to me, what gold dust is. She, they, they, like, they're retired at times. Him and, him and our truth they're retired at times, but yet when you want them for, like, some type of crazy storyline or something, they can come and deliver it and hang with the young kids. Like, look what our truth is doing with Miz. Truth has been in the business longer than anyone thinks, yo. He's been in here since the Attitude Era, and homie is doing good. He's still going, he's still going long, so it's like, damn. I mean, I for one like the match now because lead is in it. But I guess now they're trying to build towards evolution as a better build. And it's, to me, it's working. It's working. I'm not going to lie. I like what, how this, I like how everything is going. Okay, it's time for me to talk about one of my favorite things about Raw nowadays. <laughs> it's all in its wind into one Match slash segment. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable. Now that is a team I like to see. Those two. Together. Have so much potential. And they can go really far in the tag division in Raw. Which is depleted. Especially since the tag titles don't mean shit. (laughs) Like. The tag and the Universal Championship. And the Intercontinental Championship. Is all wrapped into one feud. So the tag division needs birth, like a birth of new talent, a birth of some competition. So it's like, okay, keep going, build these new teams for no reason at all. And this is one of those teams that made zero sense. But yet, it's a team that everyone did not know they wanted until they got it. And now I'm just like, oh shit, we lit. (laughs) It's like, I love it. And Chad and Bobby... Genuinely look like they're having fun. And I love the fact they're having fun. So they faced the Ascension and they won. And then while celebrating, out come the authors of pain and they killed them. They killed them. <laughs> they killed them. Not even just the beat down. They killed them. Like it was a total murder. Again, that's what the authors of pain do, and like Drake Maverick said, do they have your attention now? Yes, we do, sir. We have your attention. And we're reading you loud and clear. You want a shot at the tag team champions. So I'm sure whenever Drew and Dolph are done with Braun, and Braun's finally universal champion, I think they have some competition with the authors of pain. And with Drake Maverick by their side, I think they will be the dominant force on Raw for years to come. We go from the murder that the AOP orchestrated to now Paul Heyman comes out and talks about his client. Talks about the legitimacy of UFC and WWE and dual champion personally. No. Brock Lesnar wants the easy schedule. Hell, I'm surprised he didn't try New Japan yet. New Japan has the easiest schedule in the world. I mean, come on now. Brock Lesnar clearly does not love wrestling. He's clearly in it for the money. He clearly loves USC way more than he loves WWE. 
So why not just give him the leeway to just go to w- go to UFC? Why didn't Vince just cut his contract after SummerSlam? Why is he still around? I mean, if, if they're going to cut his contract at the Crown Jewel, I'll be happy. That's the last of Brock Lesnar. We don't have to ever see him again. And then Paul's talking about how Brock's going to leave Crown Jewel as a universal champion. I swear to God, if that happens, if I have to come on this podcast on that day and say that Brock Lesnar's retained the WWE Universal Championship and is taking it home to Suplex City, I'm going to be genuinely pissed. But it, I, I don't... I, I just... Something about Brock Lesnar now that just pisses me off. Before, I loved it. I loved Brock. I really did. Especially in the old days. Now he's just a lazy, no-good, part-time son of a bitch. It's pissing me off that he was champ for that long and only defended the title at least 14 times. That's not the champion WWE needs nowadays. So it's like, you know what, fuck it. I just want Brock gone. I just want Brock gone. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. The main event of the evening. The Shield versus Braun Strowman and the Raw Tag Team Champions Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. A.K.A. HBK and Diesel 2.0. And Lord have fucking mercy this fucking match. I... It was good. It was good. I loved it. I loved it. I had no problem with the match at all. I had no problem with the match. And the ending was great. And Braun literally is pissed at Drew and at Dolph for being the weak links. It's funny because Braun never needed him in, them in the first place. Yet, creative was like, let's put them together for whatever fucking reason. And now, all of a sudden, Braun's just like, oh, shit, I don't need these idiots. I'm leaving you. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know what to do. So, I'm just going to dip. To me, Braun is just, he doesn't need a stable. So, I don't understand why they brought him a stable. But, oh, yes, he needed him because it's Braun Strowman. <sighs> Whatever. But, um, they were infighting the whole match. Like, Braun was yelling at Dolph, and Dolph was yelling at Drew. Drew was yelling at Dolph, and then there was a moment where Drew and Braun faced off, and I just went like, oh, shit, let's go. And then the whole match just went to disarray. It was a spot where Dolph and Seth took like a... Seth was looking to suplex him outside the ring. And then Dolph would land on his feet. And then Seth would... Dolph would land on the ring apron. And then Seth would land on the floor. And then Seth would suplex Dolph. And did that spot of Extreme Rules. Was it Extreme Rules or something like I don't remember. But they did that spot before. And it worked perfection. But those are one of those spots where it works one time, but then other times it won't work. It's like a once in a lifetime spot. You could try it as much times as you want. You can only get it like once or twice. And if you try to do it, it's going to fuck up. 
and they fucked up. And I looked like they hit their heads with something. It, it, it didn't look good at all. And then they all dove out the ring. Roman dove out the ring. And then all of a sudden, all you see is boom. Drew hit Dean with the Claymore. One, two, three. Dean loses. Drew, Dolph, and Braun win. And Braun and Drew and Dolph are celebrating. And then Dean leaves the arena before his Shield brothers do. I do not know where the hell this goes, but honestly, I found it hilarious. And it's a good builder. I still believe they're going to turn Roman heel rather than Dean. Because Dean's looking too obvious. Sometimes the too obvious, they won't go with. They'll just swerve us for the sake of a swerve. Only this time, the swerve for the sake of a swerve is going to be the swerve that everyone wants. And I think I said swerve too many times. Fuck. Either way, look, I never said this was a family-friendly show, okay? So it's like, God, I curse too much. I never said this was a family-friendly show, though. So, I'm sorry in advance. I don't know, but... <laughs> I found that hilarious. And then a little snippet I found. A little snippet. A little snippet from the WWE Network. It was a ride along with Charlotte and Becky Lynch. What the hell? I mean, yes, they acknowledge the fact they were rivals. And this was filmed way in advance. But what the hell? <laughs> like, I don't know how to feel about that. But it's whatever at this point, man. Um, Overall, tonight was good. SmackDown's going to have to do a lot to improve. They got the WWE Championship match to, pur- to worry about. They have their U.S. Champion that they seem to have forgotten about. They have The Miz. They have Samoa Joe. They got AJ Styles. They got literally the New Day with their tag titles. Who's next in line? Is it Sanity? Does Sanity finally get their shot at the spotlight? Um, I guess we'll have to find out tomorrow. Oh my god, so this whole Monday was crazy. The Yankees lost by 15 points. The New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees had a historic night. And Monday Night Raw was actually amazing to watch. I literally, for the first time, struggled to figure out whether I wanted to watch football or whether I wanted to watch Raw. And usually the choice is football, because Raw is sometimes shit. But today they proved me wrong. Raw was actually entertaining and I loved it. So, it was... It was great to watch. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in once again. Um, My last podcast, I think, did well. I mean, there was errors I made, of course. I'm learning. Please leave me alone. I'm learning. Um, Please support this. I'm doing it on Spotify. I'm doing it on Google Play. I'm doing it on here. I'm tuning. All of that crap. Um, You want more information, you can text me on my Instagram, at AngelKane2000. You can text me on my Twitter, at AngelKaneJr. You can send me suggestions or whatever. I may answer questions. I may start doing that further down the line, like answering questions. I may do a segment like that. I don't know yet. Uh, All in due time, I guess. Anyways, seriously, you guys are a bunch of bloody legends. You guys are amazing. I love you all. I love each and every one of you guys. I'll see you tomorrow night for episode three, the review of SmackDown Live, a.k.a. the brand I love the most. See you guys tomorrow. See you guys tomorrow. And as always, stay cool, stay amazing, and stay awesome. King out.